This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock. This is The Art of Change from Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock. I'm David Schifrin. The Art of Change focuses on the fundamental human dynamic at the center of healthcare. We are exploring why change is so hard and how healthcare leaders can make it happen. For more, including previous articles and interviews, check out aoc.gerardinc.com. That's aoc.jarrardinc.com. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to get all of our thinking in your inbox each week, including the latest Art of Change. This is part two of our conversation with Dr. David Pate, focused on storytelling. Dr. Pate has been CEO of Boise-based St. Luke's Health System for the past decade. His tenure leading St. Luke's, which is coming to an end as he prepares to retire in January of 2020, has been highlighted by significant and successful efforts to lead on the issues that are transforming healthcare today. An increased focus on population health, the need to help patients avoid acute episodes of care, and the need to provide better care in more efficient, financially sustainable ways. Dr. Pate and his team developed a vision for the organization and then told a powerful story about that vision. At the end of this episode, you'll hear the audio from the first Honda and Molly video, which we discussed during the conversation. You can also see the video by heading over to aoc.gerardinc.com. Many thanks to Dr. Pate, Beth Toll, and the entire St. Luke's team for the work they've done on the project and allowing us to highlight it. Let's let's sort of shift gears a little bit, Dr. Pate, and and uh, dig into storytelling. And I'm really curious to to hear your thoughts on how stories can help guide organizations um, and even small groups of people uh, through significant change, as you talked about, towards an outcome. And and you know, I'd like to frame this up in particular with Honda and Molly as kind of a reference point because I know you all have, have used that you know, very widely to, to kind of tell your story and also to uh, sort of tell your community's story. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I will tell you that I think I've always had some appreciation for how powerful storytelling can be, but I will tell you that even through this process, I learned uh, a lot. So when we developed our strategy our strategic plan in 2017, it was called our Strategy 2020. My uh, vice president for strategy and myself met with three or four of our board members to kind of preview it with them in anticipation of an upcoming board meeting where we would present it for approval. And it was at that meeting that after we went through the strategic plan with them, that one of them said, you know, you ought to do a Harvard Business Review type case study for the strategic plan. And and I will tell you, it it had not occurred to me. It was this board member's uh, idea. And, and I will tell you that knowing that we were taking it to the board the next week, I believe, I was thinking, oh, no, here's a whole lot more work to do to get this ready in time to take to the board. I, I completely underestimated the power uh, that this would have. So after the board members left and my vice president of strategy and I talked, 
and as we started uh, talking about what would this entail, how would we do it, and and we just kind of got the creative juices going, I got more and more excited about how we could paint a picture of what care would be like if we could execute on our our strategy. So we uh, really over that weekend developed the Honda and Molly story, a couple of characters to point out the strategic elements of our plan. And we, we gave that to the board the next week and they really embraced it. And, and I think what was powerful was while our board had been thinking about some of these concrete uh, concepts of population health and and so forth, value and all. What what happened is when we put this in the uh, story of Honda and Molly, people could actually see. Oh wow, this this is different, and I see how it's different. And we had a physician on our board that uh, said to the board, "You know, I see five Hondas a day, and that." really grabbed my board members attention oh my goodness this is a you know a prevalent kind of problem that we deal with and so that was very exciting then subsequently when we disseminated this uh, story of Honda and Molly through little videos to our employees I was really quite surprised how our employees embraced this and I would make rounds to different hospital departments, and people would take Honda and Molly and say, uh, make reference to that, and talk about what they were doing to deliver on that uh, vision and strategy. So it was a, a tremendously effective tool for us to really get people to think about, okay, what not just understanding what does the term population health mean or value-based payment or any of these things, but what would that actually look like? And I, I think it was quite effective. I love that. And, and I love how one of the themes I think of, of a lot of your comments so far has been getting, getting the shared language, right. Getting everybody on the same page. Yes. Um, you talked about just yes. making sure the terminology was right. If you don't mind, talk a little bit more about that because I'm really interested in kind of the line, not the line, but the, you know, in the Venn diagram where the, the circle of data and, and technical terminology overlaps with the story um, and how you distilled this whole complex idea of value-based care population health into the story of these, these two, you know, uh, sketch characters on a, on a whiteboard. Well, let me give you let me give you a a recent example to help make the the, the case. So so the Institute of Medicine uh, said I forget how many years ago, but it's probably close to a, a decade that that thirty to fifty percent of healthcare spending is low value or no value. Uh, so there's you a piece of information, a statistic. Let, let's just go on the conservative edge and say 30% of healthcare is low value, no value. Now, I can, and I have said that in many of the meetings that I've gone to and talked about 
how we've got to get healthcare spending down and that one of the big efforts should be to go after that 30 to to 50 percent of low value no value services and people will shake their heads and you may be saying to yourself well that sounds eminently reasonable but few people really know okay well what's he talking about low value no value services so then i use the story of my mom my mom called me about a month ago she's in houston and she called me in 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 quite a panic and because when i was a child she had her hip replaced so she has an artificial hip and whenever she goes to see the dentist for uh dental cleaning or work uh she takes antibiotics before her dental visit to prevent an infection and so uh she called me on this particular day and said david i i'm out of my antibiotics and i've got my appointment this afternoon and so I told her, well, mom, uh, several years ago, we determined that someone like you does actually not need to take antibiotics, that taking the antibiotics is not going to help you. It's not going to prevent uh, an infection. So you don't have to worry about it. Just go on with your dental visit. So one could think, okay, well, but all right, so you saved, you know, probably less than a hundred bucks by her not taking the antibiotics. What's the point here? Well, here, here's the point. So my mom also has heart disease. And when she takes these antibiotic pills, she always gets diarrhea from them, which is a very common uh, side effect. When she gets the diarrhea, then she gets volume depleted. When she gets volume depleted, then she goes, her atrial fibrillation becomes uncontrolled. So when that happens, she then goes to the emergency room. And depending on the time of day, they may or may not be able to shock her back into a normal rhythm there in the emergency room. Otherwise, they end up admitting her to the hospital. So now what we're talking about is not just less than 100 bucks. The antibiotics that were unnecessary and less than 100 bucks have just now caused a $5,000 hospital admission. And so, so telling you that story now allows you to actually kind of think about, oh, okay, and, and 30% of our spending is low value or no value. Now that really is powerful in terms of putting that number into perspective. That's fascinating. That's a lot of, a lot of unnecessary antibiotics and, and everything yes. else. Yes, and there's a lot of that going on in the country. Yeah. But, the, but it's not just that. It's also the fact that uh, if you have back pain uh, and you go to the doctor, there's a fair chance you could end up getting some back imaging studies. Uh, we also have known for years that that is not of value to you. And for a substantial uh, number of people in this country who have back pain that could benefit from surgery, 
that surgery is being done, and that's quite expensive, let's say twenty, thirty thousand dollars or more. And and yet we know that with few exceptions, those people would do just as well with physical therapy. So it's a whole constellation of things that we are still doing that cost a lot of money, but are not giving patients the benefit that uh, we think, and it's just driving a lot of healthcare spending. So that's where having some statistics can be certainly very helpful. For example, Walmart published in the Harvard Business Review earlier this year that their experience with sending their employees with back pain that have been told they need back surgery uh, to centers of excellence indicated that same percentage of those patients were told they actually don't need the surgery. So you can have those statistics, but these stories really put those statistics in context and help make them meaningful for people. As you've taken those stories uh, to your community, um, have you seen changes in the way your community, that essentially your patient base behaves? Are you starting to see any uh, large-scale shifts in, in their behavior in population health? Well, two things. So first of all, where the stories have really been helpful to us is in, in, in really communicating to our stakeholders what we're trying to do. Because we've been trying to drive this transformation from fee-for-service to pay-for-value. But people don't understand what that means. And so these kind of stories and, and explaining how we're trying to do things differently and why the fee-for-service reimbursement system actually rewards the wrong thing has been very effective in helping our stakeholders understand what our strategy is and actually perceiving that this is fantastic that we have a health system in our community that's actually trying to solve this problem. Now, on the flip side, when we deal with individual patients, there what we are, are doing this differently is we're, we're trying to help them think through their options and help, help them look at this from the standpoint of value. What's really going to help them? What's not worth it? And so we can avoid some things. So a lot of this is, is talking to our patients, explaining to them that what we want to do is be judicial about what we do. We want to be prudent and let's, let's figure out what's really going to help you, what is not. And then we're going to work through this together and we're going to get the outcome that you want, but we can also save you a lot of money from needless things. And, and people are very appreciative of that uh, by and large. Now, occasionally you'll have somebody who's, you know, been told they need something or they saw it on Google and that that's what they want. And sometimes, you know, we'll be in that situation where we may need to, to do something just to put a patient's mind at ease. But the vast majority of the time, people aren't looking for things to be done to them that aren't necessary or aren't going to be helpful. This is fantastic. Lots to, to think through and work through. So, yeah. Well, fantastic. And as you go through things, if you uh, think of additional questions, I think I said something.
Oh, 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 oh,